That was very slick. Yeah. Well, and then of course the equipment always fucks everything up. <laughs> hey, Joey Diaz, guess what? What? This podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. If you go to our website and there'll be a little banner on it and you click on it, a Gamefly banner, it'll take you right to Gamefly and you'll get uh, like a whole bunch of cool stuff. And when I say cool stuff, uh, one free download. Tremendous. That's yeah. better than none. Who gives you anything for fucking free anymore? That's for sure. Nobody. Everybody no wants way. something. They want to buy the way. Yeah, man, I'm fucking, uh, I'm on whatever, Facebook or whatever. I'm looking at this ad that always pops up about singles. Do you guys get those singles? No. And, like know, Christian have, singles? Yeah, and I yeah. have all these friends that are always talking about like Lee and Felicia. And they're all talking about online dating and shit. So I clicked on to that. And they're like, you want a free profile? I just want to see what it's about. That's it. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm high and I got time to kill. I got 15 minutes to go before I got to pick my wife on the train. I pop it up. They want you to fill out 20 pages of information yeah. just to see a fucking chick with oh, yeah, these people yeah. are dating. Yeah. I just wanted to see a profile. That's it. Yeah. I just want to see how it looks, you know. You know, Christian Mingle. Get one of your friends' logins. I got okay. a friend who's in it. You got, hardcore. You, 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 oh, I'll give you a login, see. yeah. Because yeah. me and my girlfriend, you do it. You do it. No, I want to sit with we you. We have logins, and then we go, stay on the phone, and we both go on together, and we look at other people. They don't know we're looking at them. And ChristianMingle.com. How do they even test if you're a Christian? You could just go on there and fuck with people. They need to test if you're Christian. Yeah, but what? But what's the purpose of hooking up with a Christian only to take her out and talk about racquetball? Like, yeah. like. <laughs> You better be a Christian if you're on there because you're not fucking. I wish yeah. you <laughs> well, unless you put it out there early on. Listen, I'm a Christian. I love God, but I also like to eat pussy <laughs> and fucking suck the whole fucking Roman way. You know what I'm saying? So don't apply back Bird if you don't Christian. like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, Christian sucking fuck. The other, they do, and that's what pisses me off. Like, what differentiates a Christian and a, and a regular person that they're not going to curse on a date? Yeah. What, what are my values? Yeah. My values. What fucking values? You're on a fucking website trying to get pussy. It all goes out the fucking window. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't go to no website that went pussy. He went to a bar the old-fashioned way. He, he had to, some balls. Went to a manger. Yeah. Yeah. A mound of dirt. Yeah. What the fuck? That was his microphone with a mound of dirt. But, hey, listen, man. I understand. I mean, it's got to be a weird way to fucking go on a date with somebody. Just go online. It has to. I just wanted to see so we could talk about something, you know. Yeah, Wait, yeah. That is such a funny premise, Felicia. Like, back in the day, if you were just sitting around in the manger and you had that one friend that was really loud and loved to sing, you'd be like, oh, shit, there's yeah. a mound of dirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guess who's going to fucking grab that in a heartbeat? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just like if you see an open mic, you're like, oh, God, she's <laughs> been drinking. This is going to be bad. I wonder if there was open mic back then. Open mounds? Uh, open mounds. <laughs> Open mouth. <laughs> open mouth. We got an open mouth. Thanks for coming out to my open mouth. It's a six sheep bringer. <laughs> a two hay minimum. Yeah, two hay minimum. I know. If Jesus did come back, he'd have to do a bringer show. He'd have to he'd do a bringer. definitely do a bringer show. Yeah. <laughs> How about 13? <laughs> How is, fucked up is it that you're walking around thinking that Jesus is going to come back? Yeah. And save the earth. And he's looking down going, they're in fucking trouble. What do you think? How hard would it be for someone like David Koresh said he was Jesus, and everyone's like, Well, he's fucking crazy. Like, it's impossible to convince us that it would be impossible to convince mankind of Jesus. No, it's not because if you're Jesus, you can do shit. What about a show? What about a TV show called Looking for Jesus? And you went around the world looking 
for talking to prophets who said, I am the next Jesus. That's a great idea. And you took yeah. them out and you said, well, let's, we're going to give you an opportunity. You say you're Jesus. Uh-huh. Let's go fucking make some Get miracles. Get the channel on the phone. Let's pitch this motherfucker right now. Yeah. I'll pitch it right yeah. now. And say, listen, we'll insert your fucking uh-huh. Jesus. You're going to Jerusalem. Jesus hunters. We'll call it Jesus, Jesus hunters. hunters. <laughs> you're going to Egypt. You're going to all the fucking yeah. places I'm obs- where he walked yeah. around. I'm obsessed with religion. I'm obsessed with like faith. Because uh-huh. I definitely have faith. I definitely have faith. And but and, and, and I just have questions about my own faith. I'm Catholic. But like I would love I like I'd love to see a show. I love when something supports faith. When something supports the idea that there is something after life and there is more to this life than just getting paid and, and fucking and, and, and drinking and partying. I love that concept. I would love a show. Can you imagine a show? Do you know how you feel when you see a show that talks tells you how to redo your kitchen and you're like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. Or like Diners, Darvins, and Dives with Guy Freddy. I watch that and I go, ooh, when I get off this cleanse, I'm fucking eating that. Like what if there was a show that made you feel spiritually full where even if you're a Christian, Catholic, Jewish, whatever, you just got done going, man, there's hope. Like yeah. there's hope. There yeah. is. You got to watch Sundays. I just watched... Uh, Jewish something on Sunday. You gotta go, just go to your local cable network. Really? They have everything on there on Sundays. I didn't know they had a Jesus show the other day. I watched for a little while, and it just pops up little fucking uh, uh, prophet things that he said. And then there's I went to the other channel. You know how to go back and forth. The other channel was Jewish Values, and I was just to see. But yeah, I don't know if you guys know it. There's a new game show about the Bible. That, uh, my, uh, Leanne just called me the other night. Tremendous. What, Jeff Foxworthy is hosting it, right? You tremendous. shut your pie hole, really? Tremendous. Really? Tremendous. I think it's online. What's it called? It's a uh, <coughs> Facts of the Bible or something, something. You know you're a Christian, you know you're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're I, a Christian. That should be the name. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, that seems interesting to go on there. My next big journey is to just get a Bible and read it. Yeah. It's been 40 fucking years. Felicia, don't look around the fucking room. You know you need to read the Bible every once in a while to just keep your check. You know you don't know. Yeah, I, that's why I like hanging out with Ari because he studied the Bible. Yeah, and he, so he always quotes things from the Bible, but like not like quotes it, but he says like because Ari for those for the, anyone who doesn't know, I can't who do, believe who doesn't. He was a Orthodox Jew, right? Yes, he was like the the bra- the Ari was yeah. Ari Shapiro was, he the was curls and the hat and Does the, he still talk to his family. Yeah, he's, oh, a, he's yeah. an original stinky. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's from the fucking uh, Connecticut stinkies. The oh, ones that really? chase you when you hit them with a snowball. Yeah. The ones those that would, oh, those motherfuckers. I in New love York. your analogies, Joey. In like, the old days, they would chase The ones you, that bro. would chase you if you hit them with a the snowball, not the other ones. That <laughs> no, would, no, yeah. those guys with the suit and the hat, they'll fucking chase you. And they got to wear that in the summer. <laughs> how pissed off you are if you had to wear that outfit for a whole fucking month, 107 degrees in LA, yeah. walking down. Yeah. You see him in Beverly. Oh, yeah. Walking with that shit. They got to be pissed. You're fucking furious. Yeah. You're furious. Though. That's a prank show that I'm waiting for. Just a bunch of Hasidic Jews. I had a bunch of Hasidic Jews prank me, like fuck with me one time at like a, at a furniture store. They were just fucking with me. Uh-huh. Like they were making fun of me. Right. But it was so out of what I expected from them that I really allowed them to. Like I was gullible because I never thought in a million years that they had that they had the wherewithal to make fun of another dude. I thought they were just too focused in staying away from me mm-hmm. that they couldn't, and they were just fucking with me. And I was like, "Yeah, can I help you guys?" Like I thought they they needed help or something, and they were just making fun of me. And I was like, and then they left, and they were laughing their dicks off. And I was like, "Oh, they're just like a bunch of fucking, you know, just a bunch of any kids at a fucking mall just fucking with a guy." And so, yeah, but Ari always quotes the Bible. Like, he brought it up last night about um, willpower. We were talking about willpower, and he said, you know, in 
Corinthians or whatever, the they, they the Bible says that when you go to heaven, you or when you go to hell, you're create you're when you die, you are you are I'm never gonna fuck this up, but when you die, you are met by your willpower. And if you are a strong man, then your willpower is huge and you have to fight that. But if you're a thief, your willpower is tiny and you're like, Yeah, I can fucking beat that, but you go to hell. I don't know, something like that. But Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like fucking, when you, and then when you're with Duncan he he fucking quotes the Hindu the Karish, Bible, the, the Harish, yeah. yeah, the Devil's Bible. I think you Bible. have to be careful. I and I truly believe that Ari Shafir knows the Bible and Duncan knows all that stuff. But you have to be careful of people who pretend they know the Bible, and then when you kind of give them a little bit of a test, they fail miserably. I might be related to a bunch of people like that. <laughs> Wait, where did you find, where are you from again? Um, my dad's family's from Oklahoma. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife's family's like that. Yeah. <clears throat> They'll bring out the Bible, but they don't know anything about it. They don't even go to church. <laughs> Like they just bring out the Bible yeah. and you're like, they do this thing called testifying. Yes. Like testifying is when you try to get other people to come over to your religion. Is that what it is? I thought testifying was, uh, oh, that's speaking in tongues. Oh, oh okay. They don't I do come that. From those people, yeah. You come from like the snake handlers? Uh, yeah, I've come from people who speak in tongues. Shut yeah, the fuck up. That's fucking scary. I made a little short film about it, it's on my YouTube page. Uh, Felicia Michaels, but uh, <laughs> but I made a, a film based on something that happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah, that's crazy shit. Because my aunt Dorothy was really into that kind of stuff, and then my cousin Debbie, who was older and way cooler than me, but she was a teenager and I was about twelve, and we had to go to church every Sunday. That when I was staying with my aunt Dorothy all summer, and one time my cousin Debbie is like, "I'm gonna get up and I'm just gonna start making shit up." And and because you would be in the middle of a sermon and someone would go off and then all of a sudden a bunch of people would go off like just saying whatever they I don't know it's crazy shit and so one time she got up there and she was like yeah Scooby Doo Doo <laughs> and you know yeah I know just crazy shit and then a bunch of people stood up and started doing it with her and it be and it like it was like wow this is some crazy shit this is crazy shit hey listen man it's however you find your faith yeah I don't I, I've never really put down a religion because you know it's whatever you find sometimes uh you see somebody who's catholic and they and they, and they convert to something like fucking outlandish like a cheek or something yeah and maybe when they went there they saw a sign that they didn't find with catholicism me i gotta be strictly honest with you i always thought catholicism was fascinating yeah from a to z and i was uh Real fortunate that my mom at one point put me in Catholic school. Like, her thing was that the nuns will straighten you the fuck out. You know, and they really do. And they beat you and all that. But going to church and all that, like, I, I go to it in my mind a lot. You know, yeah. I go to it a lot in my mind, what they taught me. I love the stories. Yeah. I always loved the fucking sermons in Catholic church when Peter went to whatever and they talked about this. I don't get bored at that. I, to me, it's like somebody telling you a fucking story, so... That's why I like the reason I like being Catholic is the swag. It's like you got the necklace, the medallions, yeah, like all the fucking swag that comes with it, the rosaries, the like. It's like kind of like it's like almost like a, a little bit. It's almost a little bit like, um, and I don't go to church at all. I don't ever go to church. I can't like Catholic church is like the communion, but I, I haven't been in fucking forever. I I'm go. A, you do? I go, and it kills me, guys. Really? I try to go twice, three times a month, and it fucking kills me. It's an hour of me going back. For me, it's like writing. Because when I'm in there, my mind just fucking opens up. I go through a bag of emotions in one hour. I cry. I'm yeah. happy. You know, because it's just such a part. Listen, man, uh, you think of your childhood and what's things. I, I still remember the nuns, their names. Not because they beat me, 
but just little things they taught me, you know. Uh, one day we were what, on a hike or something, and I said, look at that fucking guy. And I didn't say fucking. And one of the nuns came over, and she goes, you know, that could be Jesus dressed. And when you get to heaven, he's going to remind you that you said that. Just little things that yeah. really catches me. It sounds stupid to some people, but it was my upbringing. When I came from Cuba, I was a fucking sponge. When you're eight from another country, you're a fucking sponge, man. Yeah. You're a fucking sponge, and you just want to be American. There's no worse feeling than not being American. Really? When you're surrounded by Americans and you come from another country, when you see people from another country, what do you see? They're trying to be us. They get the sneakers. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of I took my kid to Staples and there was this uh, woman and she what, came with her kid and he was about 11, like a, this uh, age of my youngest son. And she was like some Eastern Bloc country and they were buying school supplies and there was all these moms and dads and kids buying school supplies. And she was a little bit loud, but she was talking to him and I don't know if it was Russian or whatever it was. And, and he was the most obnoxious kid and he was yelling at her be quiet you don't know what i need that's not what i need and he was being so insane but you could tell that he was embarrassed that yes. she wasn't speaking english please but on the other hand he was being a major cocksucker and i turned to my son and i was like look at that jerk off and he was like yeah i know that's crazy but underneath, you could tell he was just embarrassed that she wouldn't understand what to get him on the piece of paper, and he didn't know how to control it. But I can totally see what you're saying. My mother would not allow me to speak Spanish outside the house. Really? That's how pro-America she was. That's really insane because... Really? But in the house, you yes. had to speak fucking... In the house, you'd go, I don't know what the fuck they speak out there. <laughs> well, I'm paying the bills. We speak Espanol in this fucking house. But outside, in public, yeah. she would talk to me in English. She'd try her hardest because she knew. Uh, in the sixth grade, we had a baseball game, you know, and... You know, when you're young, you, and one kid was talking Spanish, and I'll never forget, Mr. Fontana threw him off the fucking bus. The kid had to walk home, dog. Really? Three miles, a fucking 12-year-old. You would oh, be furious, and so would you, and so would I. Fuck. But I remember going home and going, Ma, you got to sign this petition. She's like, why? Kid was speaking Spanish on the bus. She's like, fuck it, this is America, motherfucker. You got to speak English. And I'm going, oh, my God. They were into God. it. When you come from, you see these kids, when you travel abroad, yeah. and people say to you, John Wayne, like, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I've never really traveled that intensively, but the things that people pick up from other countries, because everybody wants to be us, bro. Yeah. Let's face it. They all want to be us, and then we want to be them. You know, what do you think when you call your agency a fucking English chick answers? Hello. Yeah. This is CAA. The fuck? You can hire a fucking regular person from Compton, but it's amazing that we're impressed with that. You know, yeah. we're very impressed with English comedy. You know, when the Queen fucking does something on TV, thousand fucking people watch that shit. Me, yeah. I don't give a fuck. But it's the opposite. I didn't know that. You know, when you go to Cuba, they, they, when my cousins came from Cuba, they were talking about Led Zeppelin. It was Jesus Christ. Like, we got fucking Zeppelin 4 one time. We listened to it for four days. It's straight. mythology. It's amazing. To them, it's mythology because America is such... A fucking really different place. I mean, you know, you think about like, like, you know, you think about, think about like Rwanda or fucking Sierra Leone and what they, like what we think about them, like, oh, they, you know, they're all in diamond mines. There's rebel armies going everywhere and old Converse and sweatpants and, and, and Michael Jordan jerseys with wigs on and dresses and they're chopping people's hands off. And like, that's what we think about them. Their version of us must be fucking spectacular. 
like they're all obese as shit yeah, yeah. and they make out everywhere and yeah. like someone told me that public display of affection is the biggest thing for people that are from like like more conservative like Africa and that, that they go then they hold hands and they kiss and they're not even married they kiss in public someone told me that and I was like are you fucking serious like I love I love that I love that concept that um that that like every time I'm on stage and I meet someone who's first generation like Chinese usually it's uh-huh. Asian that's what you always just run into is Asian and first generation their parents were from China I'm always shocked at that that how that was to to like phase into being an American with real people that were not American. Right. You know what I mean? Right. In the house. Yeah, because my friend uh, Claire, she's Korean, and she came over when she was like four, and that was a hard thing for her, like especially through high school, and you know when you don't look the norm. Bobby Lee. Yeah. Bobby Lee was talking about that. I heard him on a podcast saying that saying that his parents were very strict Korean, and he was an American kid, and he just says like, "Fuck it, I had to run away. Like I had to get away." Because I couldn't... Well, they buy the book. That first yeah. generation is very tough, but it's so weird. Like, you don't know what it's like to sit in front of a TV when you're five, watch Dick Van Dyke, and comb your hair like Dick Van Dyke. I know what it's like. Really? I know what it's like to... No, is that still Dick. in there? Is that do, is that part... Do you see that ever come out of you? Oh, to, listen, man. Geraldo said the same thing. Geraldo said no the fuck, same nobody fucking thing. Nobody understands. That's why when people badmouth America... I turn my face and I giggle because you have no fucking idea. When you're a young man and you come to this country and you're watching the Three Stooges, because you know when I came here, like I said on TV on the thing the other day, you had uh, two channels of news and you had Jack Lane at yeah. six oh, in the morning. Yeah. That's it. If you're over forty, yeah. you know what TV yeah. was like. If yeah. you're over forty-five, the three o'clock you, movie, the three o'clock, the three o'clock, the after-school yeah. movie, yeah. four thirty, yeah. Dark Shadows. But uh, also, <laughs> nobody remembers that. You know, Felicia and I remember at one in the morning when we were kids, when we were eight or nine, when you the television shut off at one, dog. The television the American flag, American would come flag up. Yeah. With the, the, I remember that. You got yeah. up in half your dream and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you saluted, you went right back to bed, you know. And I, I still remember waking up. My mother was a bar owner. So she'd sleep till nine or ten. I'd get up yeah. at seven and burn shit. But once <laughs> I heard dun, 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 that's it. I wanted to grow up to be Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. So I would take the mirror from like the bathroom and put it next to the TV and I'd sit there for hours, combing my hair to be like Dick Van Dyke. Really? And that, for years, I just want to be Dick Van Dyke. When he jump over the thing, that motherfucker <laughs> was bad. And Mary Tyler Moore, say what she, the fuck. Oh, I That's a piece of pussy in half. To All this day, brunettes, I want to fuck her. Those older brunettes were fucking, the, the flying nun. Good God. All those older type brunettes <laughs> were fucking banging. I could, if, if the flying nun showed me a pussy, I wouldn't even look at it because I loved her so much as a fucking kid. God. But uh, the other one was Mary Tyler Moore. I had a picture of Mary Tyler Moore in my wallet after, like in college and after college. I used to tell my mom, cut that was my like dream Mary girl. Tyler Moore. Cut your hair like Mary Tyler Moore. She got, you and Mary Tyler Moore go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then I got one of those uh, uh, movies of the week. Yeah. And I looked at the thing, you know, and I was playing a bookie. I went in for Herbie. I played Herbie, and all of a sudden I got, you got it. It's a lifetime movie of the week. And I go in, I look at the call sheet. It's Dick Van Dyke and his son. And I asked the lady, is Dick Van Dyke here? She's like, yeah. I go, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it. And when Dick Van Dyke first came out, look, I'm getting emotional. When he first came out and I seen him, I started over... Really? And the son came over and shook my hand. And then I had to tell the director, I go, listen, I need a minute. He goes, what's the matter? And I go, I'll tell you in a second. I went outside and I go, I can't look at him. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Really? That, that's who I wanted to be. 
until I learned English. And I'm like, fuck Dave Van Dyke. I want to be Batman now. You know what I'm saying? But for two or three until years. Until I learned English. Yeah. Until I learned English. And then he fucking. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck Dave Van Dyke and his fucking fucked up haircut and shit. But, and then I told him. We had a scene together. And we kept And I had to say, dog, you kill me. You fucking kill me. He said, what are you talking about, son? I go, when I came from Cuba and he fucking stopped what he was doing. He's like, cut. Tell me the story. And I just sat him down. He's like, that's amazing. You, I taught you how to speak English. That's Shut amazing. Anything he'd say on the show, I'd say that night. You really? Know? Yeah. What You're repeating. These are your fucking people. This is how you learn. That's to, so you know, you're like five. When you come home and you learn, Felicia knows. She's got two boys. You have two girls. Yeah. Remember when your kids learned one word? Yeah. And they said it for a month until you wanted to punch them in the face. Yeah. Whatever it was. Okay, okay Mama San. No, Something. they went through a big phase where every time you'd say something, they'd go, that's what she said. <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you know what I you... said. And when, you're a, when you come yeah. here, that's what you talk like. That's what you act like. So I always, till this day, when people talk shit, I feel like grabbing them by the fucking neck and going, you have no idea, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. You have no idea. Me, I'm very shallow because to me right now, as a Cuban-American, born in Cuba, being here, why would I want to leave this motherfucker? Yeah. A, they might not let me back in, and B, we're the best. Yeah. Well, it's, that's we're the a, best. That's a really fascinating theory, especially because I've been noticing this the other day. I was at the mall. I was at the Glendale Galleria, uh-huh. and I was like, and I was walking through it, and to hear you say that your mom would never let you speak Spanish out of the house, I started realizing, like, you know, that ultimately that's the... F- the, the genuine future of America is that, you know, California, the stereotype of California used to be blonde hair, blue eyes. The stereotype for California for children in the future is going to be black hair, brown eyes. Like California, if you go into the Glendale Mall, you do, blonde hair is extremely rare. Blonde hair is extremely rare in California. Everyone in California has black hair. Like the majority of people have black hair and brown eyes. They're Asian, Mexican, Persian. Like, there's very few. Blonde hair, blue eyes is going to be Ohio or, like, the white people are starting to just centralize into the center. Mm-hmm. I started noticing that. I'm walking through the Glendale Mall and I'm like, this is California, right? Like, there's no, like, there don't, I, don't see, I don't see the surfer boy. I see everyone's Korean or, or per- Persian. And I was like, that's going to be the, what people, when people think of the California girl, it's going to be like a really tan Mexican dark asian persian that's the look that's gonna be the look and i was like how fucking crazy is that within 50 years the beach we're singing the california girls or whatever that uh-huh. is yeah. and they describe them blonde hair blue eyed beach the, you listen the game is gonna write a song is like she's got straight black hair or whatever it's i just uh-huh. really kind of blew me away to see that i mean I, it's not like i'm sure it's not a huge insight but i was like i was like wow i wonder what like, you look at Miami now. When I was a kid, Miami was flipper. That uh-huh. was what I envisioned Miami to be. That one boy with the knife on the pants and the right. goggles and blonde hair. And his dad was smoking. Like, that's what I... Miami is not... No. Miami is not America. It's not even Cuba anymore. It's not even Cuba. It's not even Cuba no more. It's a different... That's a, a different country yeah. entirely. And I welcome it. I don't... I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm pointing out that it is not America. There's... Language Spanish is the fifth language. Spanish is the number one language. English is the fifth. Nation. Thirty years ago in Miami, if you went to Flagler, yeah, they would have signs that say we speak English. 
in the yeah. mid seventies and Flagler. Everybody spoke Spanish. That's their main yeah. street. The Cubans. It was embarrassing. I go down and go. We habla inglés. What the fuck is this shit? Yeah. I go home and tell my friends, you motherfuckers don't know how lucky you are living up here, you little fucking honky fucks. You go yeah. to Miami, you're going to have a fucking hard time. And they I go, really? Yeah. yeah, man. You guys don't, can't even speak. I was having a hard time down there. Everybody speaks Spanish on that fucking street. Now, I remember I remember. Now, I did a show. Different. I think I told you about this. I did a show in the Miami Improv. It was me, Ricky Cruz, uh, uh, DJ Cooch. Um, Steve Trevino and and I headlined, so it was four comics. I went up last. I'm telling you when I say this, they go on and they promoted it on the Spanish station. I swear to God, when I say this, the, this, the lineup sounded like this. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Ricky Cruz, DJ Gucci, Steve Trevino, and Burt Kreischer. I swear <laughs> to God. And I went up one show, and the guy in the front row didn't speak English. I went. And he started doing this with his hand, like like he had a like like he had a bat. I go, what you? He goes, how how do you say? I'm gonna beat you. I go, wait, you don't fucking speak English. And he goes, I'm gonna beat you. I go, can you understand what I'm saying? He goes, I'm gonna beat you. I go, you don't speak fucking English. How am I supposed to do well in this crowd? Like, yeah. if you do not speak English, how the fuck am I gonna do good in this crowd? And I remember, I remember. Ricky was like, man, we gotta say something in Spanish to them to let them know that he's okay. Yeah. But Ricky was saying that. I was like. You, are you serious? He goes, yeah, we got to say something to them in Spanish to let them know that you're not a bad guy. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, But then that, in my head as a comic, I went, that's going to make me fucking, I, I am forcing myself to do well in this room. I'm going to make, this is the future of America. I'm not going to be on the wrong side of fucking history. I will fucking get a Spanish joke and I will fucking kill in, in Miami hey, with some Spanish. How many comics hate going to Miami? Oh, oh, it's really? a rough room, dog. Really? Really? That's a real fucking room. Miami That's a real room. Gonna grow. Yeah. You got to work, dog, because you got everybody. You got blacks, Brazilians, Haitians. Come down, Haitians. You got to work. That's a wow. tough club. Yeah, to you can't go. Up. You can't generalize. You can't go in like a white guy and just generalize. Man, you you Cubans, because half the room's Cuban, the other half's Puerto yeah, you're Rican. Done. You're done. There's some Haitians. There's some Dominicans. Right. Like they need. They want their identity to be spoken to. Yeah. So when you, you you can't just go you can't even just go hey, black people. I'm not black. I'm Haitian. Yeah. It's, okay. It's a rough. It's yeah. you see a lot of black. You're like, wow. Mm. I gotta work it from a different angle. I gotta watch my jokes. Gangbangers. It was, it was like, gangbangers. They had to take the uh, fans yeah. out of the air, out of the bathroom because people were doing blow. This is a tough room. I was there one time <laughs> when I, I got. I, they wouldn't put me in there. They refused to put me in. And then that fucking Sarah Nine. Anybody remember Sarah Nine? No. That dirty bitch. Sarah Nine was uh, an Asian chick, hot, that booked the Cleveland Improv, Buffalo. I remember. Buffalo Funny Bone. And she put me in Miami like, to try to trick me out. And I went in there the first week as a feature, and it was all over. Yeah. Somebody, everybody used to cancel a lot. That yeah. Had a high Everyone rate. canceled. I used to sit there for three weeks sometimes. They go, you got to stay next week to feature cancel. You got to stay next week to headline a cancel. I didn't have 45 minutes. I was there when, I'll tell you the names of the people who fucking ate that there. Kevin Meany quit on oh my Thursday night. God. Paul Mooney ate that there all week. Are you serious? Dave Chappelle was having a hard time. Chris Rock, uh, December 30th of 1999, they booed Chris Rock. He walked in with Madonna, and he went on stage, and he was working out material, and they started banging the glasses. Really? To get off the fucking stage. Have you ever been there for a Monday or Tuesday night to Miami Improv? No, no. You gotta stay for a Monday or Tuesday night. I've been there when I get the. I got. I got one time. I got the. 
Yeah, they don't fuck around that. You know, that's a club that you have to have all your... Yeah. Because if you lose them as a feature, you'll never get them. Never. And uh, it's funny because they have Cinderella City, and, and the Monday night, I would stay. So I would party hard all week. But Mondays, I would go over there. Joe Chadwick was a great manager. He always put money in my pocket. Go go do 10 minutes, I'll give you 100 bucks. You know, yeah. just because you're here. Do it Monday and Tuesday. I make an extra two and I blow it on blow. <laughs> <coughs> oh, but they always had a, a cop at the door. Yeah. Because there was always drama there. Like I, I went in there with a white chick one day and they were throwing chicken wings at her. Oh, yeah. They were taking the bottles of Corvassier off the shelves. I mean, these are savages in Dude. Miami. But the one time I went there, this is a great story, but only you could understand this. I, would, I became friends with the cop. And he had a dog in the back seat, the SWAT dog. With, they would smell drugs and shit. Yeah. So I would actually go up there to meet my coke slash weed dealer. The coke dealer was the best in Miami. You come in, you put your money on the bar, and you throw a napkin on the floor, and he turn around. He'd take the money off the bar, and the coke was on the floor with the napkin. So I would go on Monday nights, buy two grams. Shut up. Like 60 That's fucking genius. Grams. And then uh, I'd buy weed there. The weed came in a fucking uh, scientific tube. They were growing it right into the tube. So they cut it. And give it to you right into, oh, this is fucking Miami was rocking. So I forgot that this guy had the drug dog. And he would stop me on the way out and talk to me. And the dog would be in the car. Spinning, Just fucking losing his mind. And he'd sit there going, I don't know what's wrong with this dog. I do. You know what I'm I got two grams of Miami Puro in my fucking pocket. Oh, thanks. Thank you, mama. That's so, so funny. Horror, motherfucker, he's the, right there. The guy would sit there and go, I don't know what's wrong with this dog. Somebody must have drugs around here. Yeah. And I'd be standing out there laughing my fucking ass off. That's so about funny. About the drugs. And then one day I finally go, dog, I got weed and ecstasy on me. And <laughs> I did that room with Pablo. But I've seen, I was telling him, I saw Chris Rock have a hard time. Chris Rock, they were banging the glasses. Paul Booty was there. What room is this in Miami? Miami, Miami Improv. Improv. Chris Rock was Chris having Rock, a hard They were time? banging on the glasses to get off. When they start banging wow. on the glasses, that means you got to go. Yeah. I was there with Paul Mooney. I'm the one that got Paul Mooney in there. I kept begging him to get Paul Mooney down here. That was the week the feds went and got Elian Fernandez. Oh, shit. And Paul Mooney would open up. You Cubans got your little nigga wake-up call. You guys were comfortable for a couple of years walking around Miami thinking you're white people. You got your nigga wake-up call. Dog, it was a long night after that. Because the worst thing you could call a Cuban is a fucking nigga. Some of those Cubans, they oh. hate niggas. They hate all darkness. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. the most prejudiced fucking people in the world. And afterward, Paul Mooney would ask me, dog, why am I losing them? I'm like, you're calling them niggas, Paul. Yeah. Those Cubans are old school. They left Cuba because of the Congo. That's what they, they called the black area in Cuba the Congo. That's how racist they are in fucking Cuba. They're the most area. racist fucking people. Are you serious? Pasadena Cubans, every Cuban has black blood in them. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck your problem is. But these Pasadena Cubans, when you put Mambo music on, they'll turn it off. Like Ricky's family. Ricky's family's white. Yeah. You can see they have no. Have you ever seen Ricky's sisters? No, hot. The older one? Ricky? Blonde haired Cuban girl, blue eyes. Oh, my God. Big fat fucking titties. And she was crazy. Ricky? Yeah, he's got four beautiful sisters. Ricky was. Ricky was. Do you know Ricky Cruz? No. Ricky was uh, is from Miami. I went to Florida State with him. We were in English class together. And then we both started comedy. He moved out to LA. I moved to New York. And then we met, we both worked with David Tell, uh, like our very first, my, my daughter had just been born, this was eight years ago, uh, in June. We, we worked together and we are like, holy shit, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing comedy, I'm doing comedy. Worked with David Tell, had a fucking blast. I come back, the next time I think I worked with Tosh. And then the next time I come back to Headline, and that was when DJ Cooch, and I, I'm telling you when I say this, I have never bombed that bad 
in my entire life. Silence. Like, silence. So I, we do Thursday. It's a great show. Friday, early show. I have a rough spot. Friday, late show. I bomb to utter silence. Oh, no. Like, I'm telling, oh, and I got to do 45 no. minutes to silence. And then I remember this black girl in the back going, and, I, and everyone started laughing. And then they started going after me. And then sat, Saturday, three shows. Saturday, early Seven, show. 7, 9, 11. Oh, midnight show. Saturday, which early, yes. Late, which is an hour late. Saturday, Saturday oh, early God. show, I, I, that's when the guy, I realized that a lot of them that didn't speak English. And I was like, I go, Ricky, I'm talking to Ricky. I'm like, I'm fucking the only person I really trust. I love Steve Trevino. At the time, I didn't know Steve. Yeah, but they're Mexicans. You're yeah. in the Cubanville. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. But so they like, didn't do any of their comedy in Spanish, did they? Yeah, they did. They would punch it they up. Punch they would throw up. in words that they're like, chick- uh, like I remember, I just remember Steve going, uh, like calling flip-flops chicletas. 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 And everyone going nuts. And he was uh-huh. like, but it was also like, everyone's name sounded more Spanish. It might be the fact that it was, I was the odd man out. And so I'm noticing everything at a hyper reality uh-huh. of how it's Latino everyone yeah, is because yeah, yeah. I do the same yeah. thing when I go to a different room yeah. and I was like and I remember for Friday early show I tried doing a Spanish Spanish bit and Ricky was like man you just you know what you gotta do man scrap all your fucking material and just be a wild man up there go up be a wild man so I went up and I was like and I the fucking so Friday Saturday show middle show I go up and I'm like I'm like fuck it, no act. I don't give a shit. Whatever fucking works, works. I stand up and I go. I want the I want the blackest black guy in here. I want the thuggest black guy in the room right now. If you got gold fronts, I need you to have gold fronts. A couple kids you don't know their names. Like I want, and the place is fucking losing their mind, losing, right? That's what they're, they're fucking from. losing their mind. And all of a sudden, this black guy. I'm telling you, he looked like Trick Daddy's brother. Right here. And I was like, come on up. And I brought a chair up. I put him up there. And I go, I need the most Cuban. I want someone who just learned English, but you were born here. I want, and all of a sudden, this this Cuban guy comes up. The three of us sit on stage. This is my whole act. I got to do 45 minutes. I go, all right, clearly I'm having a hard time translating to the crowd. So what I'll do is I will say a joke, and then I need you to say it for your people, and then you to say it for your people. And so the place is losing their fucking mind. So I was like, I took a shit so big I had to wipe my legs. I give it to the black guy. He goes, man, black people don't talk about taking shits. Place loses their fucking mind. The Cuban guy says it in Spanish. The place loses their fucking mind. I'm telling you, it was like the greatest moment I've ever fucking had. We do shots for 45 minutes. These motherfuckers sat with me on stage. At the end, this is what I said. So like towards the end, I started going, all right, I'll just, we would just, I'll just, I'll say something. You say it. So I was like, I'd like to take you on a date. Black guy goes, I still use this line to this day. He goes, can a player get some conversation? Place loses it. <laughs> Cuban guy starts going, mommy, mommy. It was like, whatever. It's hilarious. And then this is how I close the show. I said, I go, all right, one last one, and then we're done. The place is on their feet. I'm going to blast. I go, um, I'd like to apply for a home loan. I give it to the black guy. He goes, huh? Fucking place, lose it. <laughs> and we get off. Late show, Steve, Steve Trevino did a, a, brought people on stage. Like I, he saw that it worked, and it, and he was like, "Oh, we can do that." And so he brought people, and so now I can't bring people on stage. I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. That I was gonna do the exact same thing again. So I walk out on stage. This is a late show. There, these are people who've been drinking all, all day, day long. It's a fucking night. fucking. I walk out on stage, and it's silence. And some girl goes, "Show me your dick," and I go, and I, now I'm I have Ricky Cruz on my head. No game plan. Fucking whatever happens happens. I go, all right, 
She goes, you won't do it. I go, bitch, I just said all right. I go, stand up. Walk through that hallway. There's a door in that hallway on your left. Walk in. That's the green room. I'll be in there. So I swear to you on my children. She goes in. I go in. The green room's attached to the stage. I go into the green room's stage. I have the mic in my hand. She comes in and she goes, you're not going to do it. I hand her the microphone. Now she has the microphone. Take my pants off and show her my dick. My dick is not big. <laughs> but for some grace of God, she yells in the, in the microphone, oh my God, it's humongous. The place I can hear them <laughs> slamming down cups, losing their fucking, like, oh my God, like going crazy. I go out, and I'm now I'm like, how do I follow that? What do yeah. I do? Another girl goes, I want to see your dick. And I go, come on back. So another girl comes in the green room. And it's a confessional. I do it again. That, that improv is a confessional. It's beautiful. I do it again. I love that, that green room. I can give it to her. She says, it's bigger than my boyfriend's. The place, the place goes bananas. Down. And then I go on stage, I go, now I want to see a black guy's dick. Place goes great. I'm like, fucking, that is, but that room is that mentality. You have no yeah. script. You need to be in the moment. Like, I've had the Haitian mob run up on stage with me and drink tequila. I've had DJ Laz, who's a big DJ down there. Big time, yeah. Fucking come up on stage, take the mic from me, and make me drink a bottle of tequila on stage. I had yeah. three gangbangers show their dick on stage. I swear to you on my children right now. One thug comes up, drops his pants, big fucking dick. Place goes nuts. Next thug comes up on stage. He shows his dick. Place goes nuts. The third friend was a hairless albino. I swear to you on my children. I go, that's so funny. Out of all the dicks, I just want to see yours. He gets on stage, takes his pants out, and it looks like a fucking lighthouse. No grass. Just white and huge. <laughs> Place loses their minds. I'm like, that's my show. But that's the Miami Improv. Miami you got to be able to fucking... You know why I do well magnetic. I know why you do well because you're fucking the, real. The illusion of improv. Yeah. They don't want uh, you to come out with. Bro, I seen Kevin Meany take his microphone and go, fuck you, motherfucker, strong enough one, walk out. Paul Mooney had on Dave Chappelle. They were hitting the glass one If time. you're doing material, they, yeah. they sniff uh, it. They, they like sniff that. it. It's, 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 uh, uh, they don't really? like that. Yeah, it's one of those. I went there one time 10 years ago with Ricky on a Sunday night, Easter Sunday, which, you know, guys, I hate working Sundays. and It's Easter Sunday. I get that. I go, Joe, is there a show? Because you got 40 people. Just do 20 minutes apiece. Tell the people. I go in there, Rick, somebody opens, uh, Ashley, you know, uh, yeah. Pablo's buddy, Ricky yeah. was featured. I go up there, I'm up there two minutes, and some girl goes, I came Thursday night, can I do a body shot? And her husband's like, she wants to buy everybody a body shot. There's 40 fucking people in there. This bitch goes on stage, she goes, no, 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 we have to do it naked. Felicia's chick was 26, 27, and just all there. This bitch dropped trial, everything. I had him on stage on the chairs. Fucking staff stopped cooking. Nobody was getting cocked. That, that's the that's other thing about my They will, they will in a heartbeat go around and watch the show. They sit in the back, fuck drinks. People were like, can we get a drink? The staff was in the showroom. People were coming. <laughs> this is when Wet Willies was across from it. It's different yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet Willies. When people were drinking 140 proof cola cabs. I remember when the fucking Wet Willies was I used to go home every night, wake up, and there'd be my, red, my sink would be red from puking. And I go, I got to call the ambulance. I drank four red... I had the record. Really? Noe Gonzalez broke my record. No, I know. How do I know Noe Gonzalez? Little guy. I used to open up for Gabriel on the road. I used yeah. to do a bunch of blow and go across the way. If you could drink five of them, you didn't have to pay for them. They were like $10 a piece. But they would <laughs> always go, how do you drink five of them? Bitch, I got a gram in my pocket burning this grain alcohol. Fuck. Do they give you samples? And then yeah. The grain alcohol. And they yeah. have them in Charlotte. No, they have them in Charleston. 
There was one in Tallahassee. I remember one in Tallahassee. Oh, my God, Felicia, you get So I would get off the stage at the improv as a feature, and they had a back bar. I'd go right to the back bar in front of the bartender. I'd take a to-go bag, and I'd fill it up with beers. I'd cross the street to the condo. I'd put the six beers in, and I'd take a wet willies and put that in there. That was the quaalude. That's how I'm going to end the night. And I would take the Coke, break it up, uh, 1.3 to go, and 1.7 would stay just in case I picked up a little freak. And I was on with my fucking God. When I got back to that condo, that condo had the bed in the wall that you pulled it down. It was a Miami Vice condo, dog. If you looked at that bed on the wall. Was that in the mutiny? That was across the street. Yeah. It was the owner's <clears throat> condo for his mistress that he had bought her years earlier. Oh, wait. I know what you're talking the, about. The big Jewish guy. The yeah, 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 yeah. There's two owners. There's uh, Sa- uh, the, the doctor, the Spanish guy, and then there's the Jewish guy, the son's a brain surgeon. They're the off-paper owners. Everybody else is a paper owner. They're off-paper. Do you understand me? You know why? I'll tell you why some other time. But that condo, if you look at the bottom of that, there's a bunch of ropes that are cut. That was me. I used to tie up a bunch of bitches in there, dog. That? If man, you get that condo and pull it down. You tied up women in oh, there? Oh, I used to love tying bitches really? up there. They had tons of shit. <laughs> I, I didn't know that about you. I don't. I never tied up my wife. You don't tie up your wife or your girlfriend. Yeah. You be the chick on the road. You tie that bitch up and eat her pussy and blow into it. That's a fucking torture chamber. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Felice. She's like, I didn't know you tied yeah. up bitches. That has a you never did. You never did the Miami Improv. Oh, I thought you were gonna say if I've ever been tied up. Have you ever been tied up? <clears throat> well, I. I have, have you ever been, been tied, tied up? up? Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you like it? <laughs> You know when you know when white guys tie you up. It's just it's just white guys tying you up. You I know what I mean? I don't, I don't like tying a girl. What happened was I tie, a girl came over one night and she goes, "If you could do a hand, I swear to God, I met a girl at the news cafe. Yeah. She goes, "Do you have any coke? Yeah, you want to go? She was a friend of somebody. Came over with the two lines. This girl looked at me. And she goes, "If you could do a headstand, I will fuck you." I was four hundred pounds. You could do grams in me, eighteen cocktails. I did the motherfucking headstand. <laughs> I go, I gotta do it against the wall. She goes, if you do it against the wall, my clothes will drop off. That bitch. And after she goes, I'll let you fuck me, but you gotta tie me up. And I'm like, where am I gonna get a rope at four in the morning? <laughs> I, I cut my socks and tied this bitch up with socks. I didn't give a fuck. Dirty socks. I tied this bitch up. And I remember the next morning waking up, like waking up and laying in bed. You know how you, you lay in bed, you look at the person next to you, yeah. you look at a pussy, you look at a tits, you're like, wow, this bitch is banging. Yeah. And I made believe I was sleeping. I remember her waking up, looking around the room, looking at me, and then looking around to see what time it was, and the string was hanging off her from Your me tying dirty her up. Sock. Oh, now the whole, I had both her things, I just That's cut them at the end of the fucking session. Yeah. And when she picked up her wife to look at the watch, she seen the string, and she was like, <laughs> that condo, that's gotta be the worst if that feeling condo as a woman could only fucking talk wow. oh jesus that condo i think i never brought a girl up there i didn't say yes that was the yes condo that's how i feel about the condo in la jolla remember the condos in la jolla there was a couple condos where even while i was in it in the other room some weird shit went down but i think all the time those must be the nastiest nastiest condos ever I stayed at the condo in uh, Tempe. Like, it was the only condo I really stayed in. I stayed in one condo. The old one, Danny Murray was there? Yeah, yeah, across yeah. Across yeah. the street. Yeah, across the street. That was a good condo. Yeah, it was a good condo. That was a great condo. I used to love going in there yeah, and yeah. fucking cleaning it up. And yeah, yeah. Oh, like on Sunday. My favorite day on the road is Sunday. Because you go in Sunday and you clean all fucking day. I love cleaning my room. 
packing my shit, doing inventory on my shirts, like fucking getting ready, getting like go to the gym, feeling good. Everything's organized for your flight tomorrow. I love that fucking day. And that I remember that condo was the first condo I stayed in. I got I'm not allowed to stay in condos. I'm not that I would stay in condos now. But like I got in I got in trouble in um Cincinnati. I fucking go in and I bring my own feature. This is when I'm a young comic. So you're not allowed to bring your own feature. And they so the deal is if you want to bring your own feature, then you guys both stay in the condo together. And he's a friend of mine, so I was like, Alright, we'll do it together. We stay in the condo, we have a great time. Party a little bit, but not too fucking crazy. Nothing too bad. I fucking clean that bitch spotless. I leave. I'm home. I'm at the Grove like Tuesday with my wife. We're going to see a movie with the kids, and I get a call from Aaron at the Improv. Um, did you? How was there an incident this week? And I said no. She goes okay because I got a call from the club saying that you took a shit on the bed and threw up on the walls. <laughs> I was like. Nah, I, I, I literally blew it off and I was like, nah, it's not me. I was like, it must be, they're joking with me or whatever. I swear to God, to this day, when I go to Funny Bones, they're like, because it was Cincinnati Funny Bone, they're like, <laughs> yeah, you weren't that bad, considering, you know, that you throw up on beds and shit on walls and shit on, and I was like, someone apparently broke into the condo and took a shit on the bed and threw up on the walls and they blame, and I got blamed for it. And so I got fucking... I was like, for a long time, I'd go to a club and they're like, I went to a club one time and there was a something backed up in the toilet and they were like, oh, it must be Bert. He always shits like a beast. <laughs> like I got fucking, yeah. So I haven't stayed in a condo since the Cincinnati Funny Bone. Wow. Wow. Fuck condos. Yeah, fuck condos. I'd much rather stay in a hotel. Yeah, fuck that shit. Have you ever seen the art I do on in hotels? <coughs> uh-uh. You have so not? Do you do it with shit on the wall? No, you haven't really haven't seen it? Here, I'll show you some right now. It's super easy. It's in my Instagram account. Um, oh my god, I'm such an Instagram boy. And you, this is where you redo the okay. the roots for the maids. Yeah, you've seen it, right, Joey? Yes, hysterical. Here you go. So I leave the hotel room in an interesting manner, <laughs> so that the maids get a kick out of it. Here, I'll show you. Oh my god! Here, look at this How'd one. How'd you do that? Uh, I made it with towels. This one's really fucking good. <laughs> that looks like a person, right? Let me see this shit. You do yeah. some tremendous one. What do you I call? Got, I call it, what will the maid think? And yeah, I make it, and the fucking... And now I go to hotels, and maids are like... And like the hotels are excited to have me. They're like, oh, what are you going to do for us? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I made one in Le- at Levity Live in Nyack, New York. I made, uh, I made this one in Levity Live. Uh, this beer can dude robot out of the ice maker, or out of the ice bucket. Wow. I made it and there was a fucking fire alarm. And I was like, oh shit. And I left it in the room. And I was like, motherfucker, if they go searching rooms, I'm going to get like, it won't be the maid. It'll be like the fucking fire department. And there, I guarantee you they're going to think I had something to do with this fucking fire. So I panicked. I was panicking hard as shit. For our listeners, if they go to www.gamefly.com backslash B-E-A-S-T, they will get a free 15-day two-disc trial. One month subscription is a fraction of what a new game costs. So give it a try. Go to gamefly.com backslash B-E-A-S-T to get your free offer of a 15-day two-disc trial uh, for free. Have you ever had a friend like that you've had for a hundred years and you never quite get along but like they've been your witness in life and they're just always negative yeah 
Yeah, and I finally got to this point, like 20-something years later, where I'm just like, and I'm seriously done. Like, really? Yeah, and it, and it feels really good. But yeah, I, there's, I have a lot of, I've, I have, I, as a matter of fact, Joey knows this, but I've had definite, I've had, I had to go to therapy because of it, because I had negative people in my life that I was like, they're not my friend. They are simply someone that's been around that I have, like, wit, that have witnessed a lot of me, and we've shared a friendship, but... They actually do not do what friends do. They don't call and go, hey man, how are you doing today? Like shit like that. You know, I can't be around someone negative and, and like they won't <laughs> take the first steps in friendship and, and bear like any responsibility that they're negative or, you know, and it's just got to the point where it's just not fair and it's not helping me. And I think people need to recognize you know, when they're doing that, you know, and if and that, that you don't have to feel guilty and always tied to a person like that, yeah. you know, like I think it's okay to say that's and and, and I'm done and see. I'm very mean? proud of you. Yeah. Because I know where, what cut you're from. There's people that live their life, they don't care when you go in and out of their lives. And I understand that. I have friends that like that. But I love my friends, especially ones I grew up with that took care of me. They yeah. did more than witness, they made this happen, you know. And I talked to them a lot, but I had a problem a couple of weeks ago where I mm -hmm. came here because she's the voice of reason. You know, whenever I'm confused, I go to my wife or I go to her. I go to somebody who's not an animal. Yeah. I'm an animal. These people are nice human beings. Not white people. You and my wife. I love you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm an animal. We, and I, what I tell you, whenever I'm confused, I go to somebody who's not in the business. Yeah. I'll go to your son and ask him because yeah. he's my more common, common sense than I do when it comes to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you go to your daughter and go, hi, Cincinnati just called me. They want me to go there for 1300 Your daughter look at you and go, fuck you, 1300 dad. Right now, before, you know what I'm saying? Right and before that, I did Allison Rosen's podcast, my eight-year-old said to me, you got to start saying no more often. I told oh, you. Yeah. They see it. We don't see it because and that's what I saw six years ago. I'm like, what's this shit doing a set on a Sunday? Yeah. And, and whatever for fifty bucks with my wife sitting at home. Yeah. It, it it defeats the purpose. Yeah. There's a time, but that's a different thing. It's like, man, look, we do what we do is very hard. What everybody does is very hard. If somebody's when I call you and at the end of the conversation I tell you I love you, same thing with Felicia, what does that mean? When I tell you I love you, that means I don't bring drama into your fucking life. That's yeah. what love means, bro. We're beyond the bullshit. Yeah. There's no drama here. Just tell me what the fuck is going on. If I say that to you and I bring you drama, I don't love you. I'm wasting your time. Yeah. If I got to call you every two weeks and go, Felicia, I need money for rent. Can I sleep on your couch? After a while, Joey, you're taking advantage of me. I'm here for, for yeah. everybody. And, it, and it's just not about money. It's, it's emotionally. That's the worst fucking thing. Oh, and it's emotional. Drain you emotionally. You emotionally. Yeah. I, I can care less. I'll do anything. I'll give you a ride to the moon. I don't do nothing. Yeah. My wife don't get home till 540. I don't do nothing. But the emotional. You know, when you get into comedy, you come up with a bunch of guys. God forbid you book something and they don't. It becomes emotional. Well, it's tough for you to say, you know, Joe Rogan will let you open up for him. Really, bitch? Like, I don't do my fucking work during the week, yeah. you know? So when you have a friend and they ride you, like everything, every time they call, you're having a great day. What are you doing, Bert? Man, you're not going to. And you get those three, four times a week in the middle of your glory. Now, as a friend, we're supposed to be there for you. Yeah. But on the other side of a friend, I got two boys. I got a podcast. I got a wife. I got a daughter. How much can yeah. I give you? You know, and then when they make you feel bad. That's, that's the That is not That is the motherfucker. Yeah, when yeah. it's your fault, that's when yeah, my buck yeah. stops. Yeah. Because even when it is my fault, I'll still give you love and still flip it around and show you that there's a different way to think about this. 
But if you don't say it after a while, I can't keep leading you to the water. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you've been doing for 20 fucking years. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. like the girl she's talking about, but I was here a situation where I told her about a movie, I'm an audition, putting it on tape, and she tried to throw sabotage into her. Well, don't you use lights and makeup? Who gives a fuck about it? But I don't want people to think that way. Just go for it. People love to fucking be... I, I've noticed people love to be one of two things. Someone who... Um, to be the underdog, and in order to be the underdog, you can never try to go for your goals. Like they love to remain the other underdog, and they love to remain a victim. People love to be. Oh yeah, see victimized. that was my mom. I can't do the victim mentality because my mom would always try to threaten to kill herself, and it was really bad when I was growing up. Yeah. And like, uh, when you're around a person who's always threatening to kill themselves, it's like you know I'm. You can't play that card with me because I know I. There's nothing I'm gonna say that's gonna help you or hurt you. You know yeah. what I mean? You're just having your exercise with drama and you want to include as many people as you want to fucking include. And I just can't can't go there with people. It's just it's not it's not fair to the other person. And to finally say and I'm done was I thought it would be really, really hard. But it's just like, nope, and I'm done. You know, after two times that you don't kill yourself, I become Kevorkian. You call me with that, you're going to kill you. I'll be right over. <laughs> Mo. I'll help you. I'll, yeah. I'll fucking take you yeah. to the shark tank. I had fucking, I had Mo, I had this, this girl, uh, this was friend, then my wife, whatever. No, it's not my wife, but mm-hmm. it, my wife's friend tried to like really impart severity. She was that, she's toxic. She's a mm-hmm. fucking toxic yes. woman. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, yeah, like just tried to one up and like, I, I tried to kill myself. And we were like, everyone's like, whoa. And then, then, of course, I'm like, how? What you're not supposed to say, you're supposed to be like, oh, like just empathize. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean how? And I go, how? Like, I don't, how? Like, I've had four friends kill themselves. Tell me how. Like, tell what, how? And she was like, if you need to know, I tried to jump off a cliff. I was like, how the fuck did that not work? Like, you didn't try to kill yourself. You just went up to the ledge and went, that looks dangerous. You didn't fucking jump. Like, if you try to kill yourself, fucking try to kill... Like, don't fucking say you try to kill yourself by jumping off a goddamn cliff. That shit works. Like, what do you... Can you fly? Like, how the fuck did that not happen? My friend Johnny Reed jumped off a building, landed on a construction dumpster. (laughs) And he lived. And let me tell you something. I hope he would have died because he never ended up living the hell out of that. You gotta switch alliances and neighborhood. You can't do that shit (laughs) in my neighborhood. You could not try to kill yourself and fail my yeah, neighbor. Yeah, that was the wrong. You know, and then he, like, he split his head, so he got a little bots. He was a little crazy, yeah. so he used to give him checks. And he would take his state check and give it to the bartender on the first. And he would sit there the whole month, and the check was gone. It was hysterical. And I remember <laughs> one time, I put my dick on a chair. <laughs> I put my dick on a chair next to him for like 15 minutes. I'm like, Johnny, look at me when I talk to you. Yeah, he wouldn't. He kept saying, fuck the, fuck the Jews. He just talks to himself. Really? Like one of those guys, I, I told him I was going to beat him up like I was in Vietnam yeah. and I had the motherfucking gook. I mean, he's saying all these expletives, you know? And yeah. I go, Johnny, just look over one second. He looked over at me. He looked down. He seen my thing. He goes, wow. And he went right back to what he was doing. We would lock him. You know the bars in New York, all the bathrooms closed from the outside? Yeah. We'd lock him in the fucking bathroom for six, seven hours. <laughs> and we would put a sign, bathroom is closed, use the woman's yeah. bathroom. And he wouldn't even knock. Really? He would just sit in the toilet and sit there and talk to himself. Box, shadow box. He loved the shadow box. Really? We'd be snorting coke and running a coke and going to Harlem. And you'd see him walking across the George Washington Bridge, shadow box. But he never lived that down. And he didn't care at that point. I, I yeah, you I don't kill I don't yourself. Have, you better yeah. fucking kill yourself. I don't have a lot of empathy. I don't have a lot, I have a lot of empathy for people who are going through shit. 
Like I have a lot of oh, empathy yeah. for people, oh, of course, even if you're yes, very candidly yeah. saying like, like I like you know I've been having suicidal thoughts. If you say it like that, yes, but I have very I have a lot of empathy for them. But like I did, I had four friends in college kill themselves like just year after year after year, and it was like at a certain point I was like I was like, oh, fuck if you're gonna do it, do it. That's your it's up to you, whatever. But like. Don't, don't fucking make a like. I had a she, I, my girlfriend in college tried to kill herself, but she didn't try to like do it for real. She just wanted the attention. Yeah. And it was like, and I was, I was like, fine. You know what? You get put in a mental hospital. You get put in a mental hospital, and you get under supervision for fucking. We'll Baker act you, and we'll put you in there for three days. And when you get out, you tell me how that felt, because that's what that's where you are now. If you're going to even fake it. If you're even going to play it so everyone thinks it, then you get the fucking full repercussions. Yes. And so, exactly, and yeah, yeah, we never, never, our relationship never mended. I was like, I'm fucking done. She was my girlfriend for like five years. Yeah. Fuck my best friend. I found out, and then she's like, ah, tried to cut her, slit her wrist in the shower, but didn't even do it right. Didn't, didn't even do it with like a real razor. Did it with like a fucking bullshit razor. Like a fucking, like a, a shaving, pick. Like yeah, like a, a shaving pick. razor. Try to do it with a shaving fucking razor. Oh, my God. If I would never raise my hand to a friend, but if a good friend of mine came to me and said, Joe, I had suicide, first thing I'm doing is throwing a beat down. <laughs> Seriously. Just yeah. you got to smack him in the face really fucking hard and go, are you fucking, how much I love you? You yeah. say this to me? How much I love you? You have the balls to say this to me. I would yeah. kill you myself. I swear to God. To me, it's, and it's, it happens in life, but to me, to say that to me, it would it would make me feel like I, I was weak. Yeah. Like I didn't do my job as your friend. So if you come to me with that story, I'll, I'll take you in after I beat you up. Yeah. But I will probably beat the fuck out of you just out of, just out of principle because yeah. I can't have you even thinking that Well, way. there's there's a big difference, too, like you're saying, someone who truly is going through something rough. And with my friend, she did go through something rough. And But then you think, you know what? She's been like that from the beginning. There's always huge drama. Like the night I did shot my pilot, there was huge drama. The, you know, because she didn't get to be best, uh, what the number one lady at my wedding, whatever, the bridesmaid or maid of honor. She had drama. Like every, but she'll do like this big drama. Everything is fucking drama or everything hurts her feelings. And I think in friendship, yet yeah, you have a responsibility when your friends are going through something hard to sit there and listen and to try to give advice and just sometimes, you know, like just to make yourself go, okay, for the next two hours, I'm just going to sit here, look at this person yeah. and listen. And you know what I mean? Whether I, you know, I wander off with thoughts, but I'm going to give this person the attention. But then it's also your responsibility when you're go as a friend, when you're going through something to take you know, a little piece of people's offerings and advice and to be like, you know, I have to move on eventually, eventually. And look, everyone gets on a jag about something. I just went on a fucking two-year jag about a dude. But then after a while, you're just like, fuck, I can't look people in the eye anymore. I got to stand up and make an accounting of myself. And friendship is 50-50, and I was just done. Well, good for you. Good yeah. for you. It's really hard to break up with a friend. It is so hard. It's harder to break up. It's friendship is a really weird thing. It's I was saying this the other day. Maybe I was saying this to you, Joey. It's easier to fuck someone you don't know than to make friends with a new person. And it's easier to break up with someone you've been dating for five years and sleeping with and having sex with than to just tell a friend you don't want to hang out with them anymore. Yeah. It's really hard to break up with a friend. That's why sometimes it's just it's like it just explodes and then you go, well, the explosion is the explosion. You're yeah. just gonna leave it like that. I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna try to fix it. Yeah. I'm gonna let it happen. Yeah. I had a friend. I had a good friend, Obi who was an, uh, like one of my best friends all growing up, still to this day. Amen. And we had, we'd always, it was like incestuous. We had knew each other so well. There were so many fucking 
things that made everything so complicated. But man, the one thing about that guy is he was really good. He didn't hear it when you told it, like, but when you told him what was going on wrong with him, he didn't hear it right away. He'd break up with you and you'd spend separate time, and then like two months later he'd come back and be like, You're right, I was wrong. That's a real friend. Yeah. But that's, that's good that's, friendship. That's, that's good I friendship. Think, yeah. yeah. And he could do that to me and call me on my bullshit and be like, You've changed. There's something about you that is not real. I don't know what it is, but you gotta and it would just be that one thing in your head where you go. Oh fuck! What is it? I noticed that too. Yeah, that's like a real friend when you can do shit like that. I just had a situation with my brother. I mean, I love this kid with all my heart. He's gone on the limb for me. Testified in my trial. Came to me a year ago. And he's like, I'm leaving my wife. I'm going by, and I told him. I said, This is what happens when you get separated, and this is what happens when you get divorced. Is this what you want? Because you're 50. Yeah, I barely handled it at 30. You're 50 now. Yeah, yeah, the pussy. Okay. The other day, he called like a man. And he goes, let me tell you what happened. Did you have a fucking crystal ball? I go, no, because we've all fucked up. Yeah. If you don't see it now at 50, you're never going to see it. If you don't see that, we're talking about that situation, you see it. Yeah. And you have two options now. I wish I had the patience I had when I was, now when I was 20. Because when I was 20, I'd come up to you and go, you're a fucking mook. Now I look at people and go, just give them a rope. Just give them a rope. That, you know, Don't what, hang themselves eventually. What you're saying is so valuable because there are very few times in my life when it's so easy when someone says something. Like when like if I go, if I go, um, Felicia, I'm gonna start taking uh surfing lessons. And you and it's it's very easy for you to go, that's a stupid fucking idea. And it's also very you know, easy for you to go, hey, that's cool, get out, get active. And there's a fine line between that, which is very simple, and then giving accurate de- big device, big advice. Like, I, I can only put it into this one. My, when my dad started cheating on my mom, I remember hating my dad and calling my uncle and, and really bit, wanting my uncle to just hear me out and bitching about my dad. And my uncle told me to shut the fuck up. He's my father. Don't ever disrespect your father. He's going through something. One day you'll be his age and you'll know where he's at. And you will know what he's going through. But until that time, pay him the subtle respect to not talk bad to anyone else about your father. You feel those feelings? Go to a therapist. Talk to them and them. But don't you slam your father to other people. And I was like, I remember sitting on a fucking porch and I was in college. And I was like, that's fucking ballsy to tell me. I'm going through a lot of shit. But it was great advice. Your life will not change until you claim responsibility for it at any level. You know, I was stuck in my life and I was blaming my mother's death and God for taking my mother and I wanted to do this and this and this and at the meantime I was missing the fucking point. As Felicia puts, I, I, I missed the sky to focus on the tree. And when you do that in your life, you'll never do anything. Yeah. Until you claim, I'm telling you this, fuck professionals, therapists, lawyers, I'm telling you. You want your life to move on and change, it makes a huge difference. I blame everything on me. If that Hurricane Isaac last week, that was my fault. <laughs> it makes your life a lot fucking easier, guys. Makes yeah. your life a lot easier. Yeah. You get yourself. Take accountability st- for all your fault. Yeah. We're all comedians here, dog. How many times yeah. a comic come off stage and go, that crowd sucks? The sound isn't good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the best is it's cold. And when you're cold, people don't like to laugh. That's a comic told me yeah. that, that worked Riddles. And Riddles was cold. That's all you said, Riddles. Yeah. That, I seen him one day. He's like, you like that place, Riddles? It's too cold. People don't like to laugh in the cold. I'm like, oh, God. You want to smack these people. You know. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, what happened last night? 
my wife didn't wake me up. What happened last night? You know, uh, nobody's ever going. You know what? No, I got fucking high and I passed the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That's it. You know, that's the bottom line of it. I missed my flight because the hotel didn't fucking wake me up. Really? Don't. Yeah. You're a fucking adult. Okay? You're a man. You're an adult. You're a fucking man. You know, or you're whatever the fuck you are. But nothing. Like, you can do everything. You can go to college. You can fucking ever. You could be a millionaire. You could strike a lottery. But you know what? Nothing's going to change your life until you claim it. And you and I both know this about that particular yeah. person. Yeah. That one day she's going to wake up and go, I lived my whole life blaming Blaming everything, everybody, yeah. everything yeah. but me. I live my whole life blaming everything but me. You know, you ever go to a meeting, and I know this got me because I got on that kick. In L.A., you meet somebody, twelve o'clock, right? Yeah, twelve twenty. Yeah. Where'd you go? I oh, there was traffic on the four hundred five. So, how long have you lived here in L.A.? Ten years. You didn't know there was fucking traffic on the four hundred five. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you leave a half hour earlier, bro. And you know what? I was the king of that. Oh, I would do it late on purpose. You yeah. know, we were talking about the airport. I mean, us three. You know, there was a time 10 years ago where if my flight was at 2, I'd leave Hollywood at 12.35. Yeah. And get mad. Like, I can't fucking believe it, the traffic. You're supposed to leave at 11, guy. Yeah. Okay? That's it. Once you get to the airport late two times, I got to look at you and go, what, guy? There yeah. was traffic again? Well, then you got to get up a little. What'd you do last night? I looked at the store. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? You should have been in bed like 10 like I was. Yeah. That's the thing. That you know, I never understood that about people. But that was me. And little by little, I claimed responsibility when I went when I got locked up because that's when I understood that concept. I bet there's a lot of people in prison that are blaming somebody Nobody else. Nothing. Nobody ever did anything in prison. Yeah, you go to prison, bro. I didn't do nothing, bro. Well, well you got assault four. She's got 18 stitches in her head and she got stabbed in the back. I hit her, the thing fell and then I slipped with the knife. <laughs> Why'd you have a knife in your hand anyway? I was cutting wire with a fucking knife. You know what I'm? Yeah. <laughs> You know, so and that right there, when you see that, you, you start to get turned off by it. When it surrounds you, you don't really see it because we have like one or two people in the life at a time. But when you're surrounded by that, you're like, nobody's claiming nothing for nothing. The people who don't accept those responsibilities seem to like, they're, like, they're, my, they're the people I know that, that continually defend their actions. Like, like uh, guys who fucking cheat on their wife and then they're like... Like, they keep talking about not cheating on their wife. I had a comic that told me I can't stop cheating. I wanted to reach my hand and punch him in the fucking mouth and go, wait till you look, you look at your bank account. Wait till that motherfucker's minus. Yeah. And you're on the road fucking around, you know? That's the only thing I can... That's the only thing I think I'll go to my grave and go, I definitely never did that. I definitely never cheated on my wife. It's the one thing that I'll go... It's the one thing I can... I have 100% control over. Yeah. Listen, I've robbed yeah. people financially. Yeah. I've robbed people from drugs. And I robbed people emotionally. And the one I paid for the worst was the emotional robbing. When uh, somebody loves you and you fuck them over or they get mad at you, that's an emotional robbing. The yeah. money things, yeah. When you go to jail, you realize, no, I robbed 18, but I'm, my karma is 18-5, whatever. Yeah. Emotional uh, uh, you know, rape, is the, you pay for that the rest of your fucking life. Yep. I pay for it all the time when I don't see my daughter. I pay for it. You know, I... Uh, that, that's the one I'm scared of the most. You know, when somebody loves you and they break bread for you and they get up in the morning and you're going to go fuck some chick at a fucking comedy club up the ass or something like that, where's your fucking head at? It's such a disconnect between the two human beings. And in my book, in my book, when a guy comes to me and says, I cheated on my wife, I don't even want that guy around me. Because if he cheats on your wife, he'll definitely cheat on you as a friend. 
If I oh, walk down the aisle with yeah. you, when yeah. a guy comes to me and I'm doing crime, like when I was slinging coke and out there robbing people, yeah. if somebody guy was his character was a little weak, I cut him off because I know in the behind the once they take him into the station, <laughs> they're gonna smack him two times to talk and twenty times to shut the fuck up. It don't take a genius to know that. Yeah, that's just little things, you know. I don't think it's an issue so much of cheating. I think it's like if you're gonna cheat. Then why don't you fucking respect your wife enough so no one knows Last about it? Last time I came over here, Felicia had a skirt on. I looked at her ass. I almost bit it. Really? Her ass looks so good in this yeah, skirt. You're so sweet. Felicia. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Listen, listen. There's nobody in this room that ain't walking around horny half the time. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. We could. I was just a Playboy radio. I was like, yeah. fucking, oh my Christian god. Christian Mingle. Yeah. yeah, right. We're all fucking horny. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's true. You know, I'm so horny, it's frightening. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Last time I'm looking at Felicia's ass outside, I'm like, fuck, I should throw Felicia in the pool, eat a pussy in the pool or something. I even said, Felicia, oh you ever go in the pool? You know, and I'm like, yeah. first off, we, we had this discussion. There's guys that are always on the make. Yep. You know what? what was, was it on the first, I think on the third podcast uh -huh. we did? You know what? You can't fuck everybody, Bert. You gotta keep friends. I had, yeah, I had you friends. You can't fuck everybody. I had friends, friends that literally tried to fuck everybody. I remember, going, I remember thinking, if you treat your family like that, your 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 home life. Mm -hmm. That's how you're respecting your home life. You're right. How the fuck? Do, what do you th what do you think about me when I'm like like how how do you think about our friendship? Is my friendship stronger than the one you made with your wife? Come on, like it's fucking. No, I always looked at it that way. If somebody yeah. cheats on their wife, where do I stand? That's really interesting. If we Joey. get pulled over, this motherfucker's gonna sing like a fucking bird. That yeah. just doesn't take a genius to know that, you know. And it just—it's little things of your character that really fuck well, you. Well, my whole fuck. thing too is like, if you're gonna cheat on your wife, then why don't you do the correct thing and take your wife to therapy and divorce your wife and make it so that you take care of your fucking kids and then go out and get as much pussy as you want to get. Like, then do it correctly. If you're that fucking miserable in your marriage, then then. End it the correct way. You know, yeah. don't make so much drama where everyone has to fucking suffer. Anyway, if you like today's podcast, give us a big favor. <laughs> Go to iTunes and leave us a little review because when you leave us a review, it bumps us up higher on the hot list. But don't tell other podcasters that. Speaking of other podcasters, I had such a great time with Christina P. Oh, and Tom Segura. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, I laughed yeah. so hard How on fucking great are they? Oh, they they are make amazing. me laugh so fucking hard. When they're together, they destroy That's me. That's hilarious. They're like, I've I, I never would, witnessed you, two people together like that. No, that funny. Great. My wife, My wife and them... Uh, my wife, my wife met them in Hawaii, uh -huh. and had a, and we all did had to do a show together. Uh -huh. And my wife fell in love with both of them simultaneously. And they were talking about when they take shits, they call it making brown. Yeah. And uh, and I'll never forget my wife. This is not my wife's personality in the slightest. But we had sex one night, one afternoon, and then we all met up at the beach. And they go, uh, "What have you guys been doing?" And my wife goes, "Making a little white." And it was the fuck. I was like. Leanne? And she was like, what? And like, she got wrapped up in them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my wife loves amazing. them, too. They're Your wife is cute, funny. though. My wife's great. I yeah, fucking love her. His wife oh, is cute. She's nice really things. warm. She's at Marie T in the mornings, too. Oh, yeah. I would like once to meet week, your wife. Once a week. Once a week. Yeah. Oh, in I a heartbeat. Yeah. Week. I didn't see her this week. She's, uh, she's wrapped up in Farm Club. They've got a farm up at the school. So she, oh, yeah? Yeah. So she, and she's obsessed with a fucking farm. I love it. Uh, yeah, you have a, a good wife. Idea. Yeah. You have a good she makes I, jams. So yeah, she gave me the, the, the fig that Terry puts on the English yeah. muffins. It's pretty good. Wow, yeah. that's It's like sweet. having your own fig noodle on an English muffin. I, I, was a good, I was a good wife for about five years, and then I just couldn't tolerate it anymore. <laughs> I made jam, too, you know. 
<laughs> I was getting, and then I was, right after I closed the last jam jar, I was like, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm out, bitches. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting on Felicia later to cook more and stuff. That's my girl. Yeah. She, she cooks good, too. I'm a good cook, yeah. But when you have two boys and you run around, I came last night and I couldn't believe her schedule. Yeah. Like one hour here, one hour there. You got to wait, kill an yeah. hour. So I'm happy I came over last night. I'm really yeah, happy. No, oh, yeah, you I'm in that weird conundrum where I have like an hour and a half before pickup. Uh-huh. So it's like, so in my head, I, I literally say, okay, well, I can get a ride with Joey or I can walk home and time it perfectly where as I step in the door, they're like, lunch is ready. After lunch, we're picking up the girls. As opposed to sitting there and like getting 20 minutes to just sit there and not be able to work out like nothing. Yeah. It's really fucking interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had a, we were trying to have a guest and we had a hard time this week, so I'm happy you covered. You were fucking Thank beautiful. You, yeah. No, you were don't beautiful. mention it. Right in. Don't mention it. I've been hanging out with Joey every fucking yeah, day. Yeah. We've been shooting yeah. shit every fucking day. And the yeah. other day, she went to an audition yesterday, and they canceled the audition. She was on the 405, and I go, you should have fucking called me. I was sitting over there with Bert. My audition was at 11, and they called it, uh, emailed me at 10.30. And I read my, my iPhone, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. So oh, said, you should have hung out. Over there. Yeah, I called Duncan also this morning. And yeah. He was busy all day. So. I think Brody's going to come over tomorrow. We'll have some coffee with him. Maybe okay. Tom Segura. Yeah. If Brody comes over tomorrow, we'll swing him over here. We'll get the microphones and get Brody. That's the fucking greatest. Oh, you want to do it tomorrow? You guys got a yeah, podcast. Yeah. You got a podcast yeah. right around right the corner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And you know, I can it. borrow a portable from Lee. All I have yeah. is call Lee and drop it off. We can hook the mics up. We can go have yeah. coffee and call it. I know Seinfeld's doing coffee with comics. Fuck that. Coffee with comics, please. Yeah. I love you with all <laughs> my totally heart, Brett Thank you very much. Joey, thank you, man. You thank know you. I love you're you. Fucking you're fucking dude. Felicia, my best. love. What's going on in your world? Well, I'm going to be in uh, Alaska in October. I'm doing an uh, Armed Forces Entertainment Tour. So okay. uh, that's what I have coming up on the books. Bring some salmon back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah salmon Alaska is fucking. Yeah. And get a knife. They have those. Uh, <laughs> they have those rounded knives. Uh-huh. Have, you, have you ever seen them? Uh-uh. They're fucking amazing. They're oh, amazing. Really? They're rounded knives. It looks like a half moon uh-huh. but with a handle on top. Oh, okay. And the Eskimos use that up there. And I bought one, brought it back. It is sharp as shit, and you can cut just about. And I, I mean, I use it for everything. Oh, really? Fucking great knife. Yeah. I always try to smuggle back one thing when I travel. You know, when I went to Bali, I went to Bali three weeks ago. I smuggled back vanilla. I smuggled back 50 pods of vanilla, and I didn't really know, but I kind of knew too. And I was so nervous because, you know, when you fly in with uh, uh, any kind of produce, they get on you, and you they, you have to pay a fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And the dog came by my suitcase. The dog. I almost shit myself, Joey. The dog came by my suitcase, and I was like, I'm going to lose my children over vanilla beans. <laughs> I almost smuggled a $30 Cuban cigar into the country from uh, from uh, from. London. Uh-huh. I was like, I, it was fucking beautiful. And I was like, I want it. It's someone had given it to me at the comedy store over there, or like at one of the clubs, and I had it. Or no, I got it from Amsterdam. Someone gave it to me in Amsterdam, and I was like, I was like, fuck, I want it. And I was, I was gonna do it. And then the fine for bringing Cuban cigars in because there's an embargo against Cuba is something like two hundred thousand dollars. What? It's ridiculous. And I was like, fuck it, it's not worth it. Yeah. I'm I was like, one cigar. Idea. Like yeah. I know they'd never. Do that, but God forbid they try to decide to make a fucking uh, 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 example out of me, yeah. and I lose my house, like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know. I was freaking out, and you know, one vanilla bean's like fifteen bucks, and I had like fifty of them. And I paid like three dollars for them, but yeah. I was like, "That's really stupid, Felicia." Anyway, so don't do that if you're out there. This Thank day. you guys for having me over. This has been a blast. Always, Joey. I, I, I can talk to the two of you yeah, guys we, forever. We do you have this. dates? No. 
what's going on with your show? Uh, doing second season. Start. Uh, we start looking for people to do it, to cast in it. Not cast is the wrong word, but to be my travelers this uh-huh. weekend in Costa Mesa at the lab. I'll be outside Urban Outfitters Saturday, and then we start shooting. Like uh, I can't shouldn't say the cities, but we start shooting five cities right away, back to back to back. Wow. I do Louisville and. Columbus in between shooting, uh-huh. but like like literally get off the road from shooting the show, fly in from like Australia, or I shouldn't say the places, but fly in from Australia, go right to the Columbus Funny Bone and shoot, do a week at the Columbus Funny Bone. So yeah, it's going to be packed. So when are you going to be at the Columbus Funny Bone? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm in Minneapolis next week at uh, awesome. Rick Bronson's from the 13th to the 16th. What club, what club is that? What club is it? Rick Bronson's. At the uh, Mall of America's? Oh, I, got a, I just got an offer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that. Fuck. I'm doing... Uh, Madison and Milwaukee, and then I'm going to Baltimore at uh, the Comedy Factory at the Crazy Club. Holy shit. That's my September, but it's really light. It's very light. Well, if you guys have any questions, you can always email. uh, Joey checks the emails all the time at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. Do us a favor. Go on iTunes. I already said that. Leave a review. Uh, If you want T-shirts, we have links on both the Beauty and the Beast podcast for a T-shirt, and we have a link on Joey's uh, uh, podcast for his wonderful T-shirt. And uh, and uh, anything else you'd like to to? I love out? you, motherfuckers. All That's right. it. Stay black. Have a great week. God bless you, Bert Kreischer. God bless you, Felicia. <laughs> That's it. All right. Stay Mwah. black. Mwah. Mwah. Nice. Who's hungry? <laughs>